Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. I want to continue with part three. Amen. Can we just salute my wife, praise God, first lady of the house. Amen. I, I love it when she wears a lot of colors. I, 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 like, I like colors. Colors get my attention. Praise the Lord. You can get out all that black and stuff, brown and gray. Uh, but colors, amen, hallelujah. Now, I look around, I see some people in some black and all. I didn't, I'm not saying. <laughs> Come on, be nice, be nice. Uh, but I do want to continue today. I don't want to be lengthy. Uh, my nose is shining. I'm Rudolph. Am, am I okay now? I'm okay. Your head's shining. <laughs> I couldn't pass it up. Be nice, Pastor. Be nice. Be nice. Well, I'm, I'm with you. We're in the same club. Hallelujah. Those you are laughing, just keep living. I just got there before some of you. Uh, but I want to continue um, with the message. Hopefully, we'll wrap it up today on deception. Uh, do not be deceived. And I shared with, where's that Wednesday crowd? Man, we had a, Jesus. Man, they were something. I don't know what it is about midweek service that it seems as though God will just release greater in-depth revelation. And it just seems, many cases, yes, that is an easier flow because nobody comes to midweek service you know, who's not interested in learning and knowing more about God. And, uh, and God doesn't disappoint. But I want to... Uh, finish if I can and I pray for those who were not here Wednesday that you, uh, you know, tap into the message it's online you can get it and, um, um, and I shared with the people on Wednesday that I don't believe I would be a good pastor and I want to be a good pastor but I don't believe I would be a good pastor seeing what I'm witnessing today in our time and not warn you based upon the scriptures of the deception that is released and is going to be released. Uh, perhaps there's nothing more dangerous than to think you're going to heaven and only discover you didn't make it. Boy, something went through me. Say that again. Perhaps there's no scarier statement because I would to ask the hands of everybody here who would say and signify that when they died, they believe that they were going to go to heaven. Uh, our two-month-olds would probably raise their hands. But it, wouldn't it be a tragedy? Wouldn't it be a tragedy? 
I mean, for me, all of us, you know, just being a preacher don't mean nothing. You know, this preacher's got a pulpit cuss and everything else. But wouldn't it be a tragedy for you to do all of whatever you say you're doing and you get to the end and you don't enter in? One of my closest pastor friends, his son is nodding his head now. Wouldn't it be, and I'm, I'm talking about self-examination with all of us. Am I really going to go to heaven because I quoted Romans 10, 9, and 10, but I didn't live it? The Bible says they heard the word, but it didn't profit them because they didn't mix it. Wouldn't it be a, a tragedy? And, and wouldn't it be a tragedy for people to think just being a member of Harvest Church is enough? Wouldn't that be, and wouldn't that be deceptive of me as a leader to present it like if you're okay in here, you're okay up there? And so I took it upon myself, and God is so sweet. I turned on my radio the other day, and the man went right to my, uh, to my foundational per, uh, uh, chapter and verse and just to confirm that, that I'm on point. Amen. So if you would graciously go ahead and put up nugget number one and two and three and four and five. Nugget number one, ready. Let's read. To, to what? To, to what? You must apply God's word to everything. If we apply God's word to everything, we would cease to have division. We would, we would cease and never talk about it again about having a divorce if we applied God's word to everything. There are some places we would stop going if we would apply God's word to, to everything. Nugget number two, please. How come my preacher growing up as a child didn't teach me this stuff? He come telling me, let your heart be your guide. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. Just follow your heart. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. <laughs> That's the biggest lie. Your heart can get you in trouble. Because what's in your heart may not be right at that moment. Feel right, but not right. Your heart is not, come on, not reliable. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. It's not reliable. Sometimes you followed your heart and you hit the bullseye. And sometimes you followed your heart and you messed up big time. You needed Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Ghost to get you out. Following your heart. Because somebody had your heart who didn't deserve your heart. Nugget number three, Jesus. 
God warns us, I'm going to work with this. God warns us against a mixture. God hates a mixture. God hates mixture. Ooh, Jesus, look at their, their expressions. Nugget number three, Jesus. Number four. Ready? Read. We can go home. Mixture always breeds two things. Confusion and division. Nugget number five, please. Say it again. That's why you have to keep confusion out of your house, confusion out of your marriage, confusion out of your family, and confusion out of your church. And confusion away from your business. Those employees who don't agree, send them away with a bonus if you have to, but get rid of them. Give them a servant's package. Whatever you got to do, but get rid of them. Because as long as they're in your business, in your company, they're going to breed division. Hallelujah. Let's get busy now. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians. Chapter 5. I pray to God that when people see me coming, they don't get sad. Like, here comes trouble. We're having a good time at the picnic, and they're getting out of the car. Here they come. Here they come. And all they bad kids, here they come, here they come. Oh, Jesus. Put your stuff up, put your stuff up. Because that tear up. <laughs> Glory to God. First Thessalonians, you there, five? Verse 21. Those who are here Wednesday already know where we're at. <clears throat> Ready? Read. Test what? Go ahead. <clears throat> the word of God says, test all things. But hold fast to that which is good. So if you're not testing things, you're not obeying God. I'll say it again. If you're not testing things, you are not obeying God. The word says, test all things, but hold fast to that which is good. In other words, the word of God is saying, don't be a sucker. Don't allow somebody to walk up into your life and, and trick you and mess your life up. You've been working all this time trying to accumulate certain things to get yourself in a certain position, and then you let some, somebody come along and trick you. 
and now you got bad credit. Your car was running good till you made that man your boyfriend. And ever since you've been with him, everything keeps breaking down. Duh. Are you all listening to me? Yes, yes, ma'am. Test all things. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Just because I say I'm the, a pastor, that don't mean squad doodly. That don't mean a whole lot of folk call themselves pastors. Some people go to school to be a pastor, and going to school don't make you a pastor. A real pastor is a divine call. It's a ministry gift of the fivefold ministry gifts. And that assignment only comes from Jehovah. Are you listening to me? Just because you can teach a good Sunday school lesson doesn't make you a pastor. And just because you want to be one doesn't make you a pastor. Or just because your wife want to be a first lady doesn't make you a pastor. And just because you draw a crowd doesn't mean you're a pastor of God. Ooh, Jesus. So a crowd in and of itself does not signify that you're divinely called. Witches and warlocks draw a crowd. So you need to know who I am. Not by me saying, but him talking to your heart. Who am I? Because I will never be able to be for you what God has designed for me to be for you if I'm just a man to you. If I am just a man, then any man will do. But if God has given me a divine download for you to make a withdrawal, you can't get it unless you have revelation that that man's got something deposited in him from God that belonged to me. And if I guard my heart, I can make a withdrawal every time I'm in his presence. Could God have mercy. So 1 Thessalonians 5.21 is saying to you and I, in everything, investigate. And today, you're really not being fooled. If you're being fooled today, you want to be fooled. I mean, there used to be a time you could roll up on a man or a woman you know, you can even give them a false name or something. But now they Google you, right? right? They're sitting there eating dinner. Your name is what? How do you spell that? Is this you? In Mobile, Alabama. Who's that woman next to you? I know you in Kansas City as a truck driver, but who's that woman? Who's those kids? And, and why does that little one in the middle look like you? 
So once you know a person's name, you don't have to ask information from them anymore. You know, where you live, where you were, it, it all pop up. Jesus. Some of y'all need to get off of Facebook. Or you need to clean it up. I had some members who were cussing on Facebook. I had to call them and say, look, stop that cussing. Oh, I'm sorry, Pastor, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I said, they think we all up in there cussing. I'm, I'm sorry, Pastor. Serving in there, I had to check on it. Because <laughs> some of y'all don't think I'll check. Pastor ain't going to see this. <laughs> he don't even know how to download it. <laughs> he just learned how to text. <laughs> get him, Reverend. Get him, Reverend. So... The word of God says, test everything, Minister Orphy. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, don't let somebody flatter you. Because when somebody starts flattering us, we have the tendency to drop our guard. Boy, that dress looks, man, I've seen somebody else, but on you. Really? Don't, don't be deceived by flattery. Test how much? Test everything. Test everything. And the, your greatest danger is when you're coming into some kind of business agreement with another believer. And you think everything is okay because you both Christians. And because you're integral, you think they are. And a lot of folks are integral until money shows up. Test everything. God hates mixture. Work with it, man. I said work with it. Let's go to uh, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. If we're not testing things, we're not obeying the word of God. Look at somebody and smile and say, if you're not testing everything, you are not obeying the word of God. Just because somebody's saying the right thing, quoting scriptures, that don't mean nothing. The devil can quote scripture. I said, the devil can quote scripture. He quoted it to Jesus. I said, he quoted it to Jesus. And Jesus did not say to the devil, you're misquoting the scriptures. Jesus said, it is also written. Come on, talk to me. So Satan was trying to deceive Jesus. He was trying to get him to buy into the lie. I shared with you in the first session, I said Satan only has three. He comes to do three things. Whether it's a family, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your business, whether it's a church or whatever. Satan comes to do three things. He comes to kill, steal, and 
And if something is being stolen, the devil is there. If things are falling apart, the devil is on the scene. God said if you honor him, he would rebuke the devourer. That means your air conditioner will run long after, amen, what do they call it, the guarantee, what do they call that thing? The warranty is over. Couldn't call to preach, boy. There's a warranty after the warranty goes out. Amen. The manufacturer is guaranteeing it for 10 years. God said it'll run longer than that because I'll rebuke the devourer. 300-something thousand miles on your car and it's still running. To Jesus. Come on, talk to me. Got an eight-cylinder motor and only four more working. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Because God said, I'll rebuke the devourer. You better hear what I'm, I know that's the truth. The devil don't take my money paying doctor bills on my children. I don't prepare for the flu season. I don't care what's, it's a blessed season, every season. Are you listening to me? Jesus is a healer in my house. He's the healer. And he's my healer. And he's your healer. And if you're sick right now, Call him your healer. He is your I am. He is whatever you need him to be today. If there's confusion in your home, he is your I am, your peacemaker. First John chapter 4. First John chapter 4. Can I get three people to just get Pentecostally happy? I said, that's Baptist-ly. I said, Pentecostal-ly happy. <laughs> Be nice. Look at verse, first John chapter 4, verse 1, and then we'll make some progress. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. You see it again? Do you see it again? Come on, read it. You're going to read it again. Read it again. But what? whether they are of God. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Just because I call myself a pastor, that don't mean anything. And just because I can teach a lesson, that doesn't mean anything. The devil can teach a lesson. But who is he really? And you cannot know that talking to one another. And you certainly can't discover it by talking to people in the barbershop or the beauty shop. Because if you talk to them, every preacher behind the pulpit is a crook. And all the while they're telling you all the preacher wants is your money, they're charging you $30 for a haircut or $100 for a weave set. They're asking you for more money than you're going to give Sunday. (laughs) 
get your hair done, get your hair cut, and try to leave without paying the, the bill. But you do it in the church all the time. But the preacher's the thief. And if the pastor's a crook, what are you doing there? Jesus. Because you can't reap unless you sow. So it's becoming upon you to get in a church where you believe the leader. And if you don't believe, find somewhere you believe. Because it's going to be difficult for you to sow if you believe that your pastor is a crook. Because you have to tithe. You have to give offerings. God commands it. But if you're struggling to do it because I lack integrity, then find you a man or woman of God who come up to your measurement. Because you have to sow. And you won't get by with it. Eventually, you're going to pay for dishonoring God. For stealing what belongs to him. Are you in 1 John chapter 4? Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit, whether they are of God. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So nobody should be surprised about false prophets. Barbara done told you. Is this good? Is this blessing anybody at all? And then I have a handout. For those of you who are not here Wednesday, because you need to say this, and I want you to have it. Now, let's go to Proverbs. Let's make a little progress now. Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28, with the 20 minutes I have left. Uh, to, the, to the video department, is there any way you all can slow that clock down? Proverbs 28. 26. Proverbs 28, verse 26. Ready? Read. Read it again. Listen to it in the, in the living Bible. A man is a fool to trust himself. But those who use God's wisdom are safe. Isn't that good news? I said, isn't that good news? Now, your nugget number two says, that your heart is not reliable. That what you all say in nugget number two? Let's go to Jeremiah. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Find Ezekiel and just back up. Jeremiah chapter 17. Quickly, verse number nine. Jeremiah 17, 
verse number nine. Look on the screen. Ready? Read. Read it again. Stop right there. Read it again. Stop right there. Remember what we said early on? That you cannot rely on your heart because it's not reliable. And though many of us grew up thought it was Bible when people were saying things to us that we trusted and relied on, we'd say, you know, girl, just follow your heart. What, what is your heart saying to you? Anybody ever heard that? Well, well, mom, dad, or sir, or counselor, I just don't know what to do. I'm, you know, I got two things, three things kind of coming at me, and I just don't know which one to choose. And they'll say, uh, uh, well, go with your heart. And so you don't take this one job because it's less money. And you take this job that offers you double the money because you went with your heart. And you didn't know that company was going to close six months later. Because you went with your heart. Instead of walking in the wisdom of God. Put that scripture back up, please. Jeremiah 17, 9. Ready? Read. Read the latter part, the B part. Read it loud. And Jesus, without God, we are wicked. And you can't believe us. Because we'll tell you we won't do something, and we will when you're not looking. Because our flesh can't be trusted. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That means you can't say in and of yourself what you won't do. And you can't put your nose up at somebody who's doing it. Because if God take his hand off of you or me, that's why I don't throw one stone at a preacher who has fallen. Because if God doesn't keep his hand on me. You can look at me all sanctified. It's dangerous to say what you won't do. If God help me, I won't. If God keep me, I won't. Why do you have to tell grown folk to leave children alone? And why do you have to tell a man to leave a boy alone? And why do you have to tell a grown woman to leave a girl alone? And why do you have to tell grown folk to leave animals alone? It's in the book. And why did God have to tell us to leave those things alone? Because he knows if our hearts are not fixed on him, 
You might sit there and look at me like you've never lied, but the potential's there. Jesus. Are you in Jeremiah 17, verse number 9? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Look what Jeremiah said. Who, Who can know it? In other words, if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to deal with you, you don't have a clue what's all in your heart. David fell into adultery. And he repented. And then he cried out to God, God created me. I did what I did. but I didn't know it, but my heart's dirty. Then I tried to cover up my sin by getting a woman's husband killed. Then you sent a man of God, amen, to me, a prophet of God, and he said to me, thou art the man. And I repented, created me a clean heart, renew within me the right spirit so that I could treat people right. So I can love people who don't love me. So that I can be kind to people who hate me. So that I'll hold my peace when I'm in the presence of somebody who I know talk about me like a dog. Give me the right heart, God, to obey your word. To know that I am not to defend myself. You said the battle is the Lord's. It's not mine. And whatever they're trying to do to me, when you step up, amen, you will settle it. But you called me to just walk in love. You commanded me to love my enemies and to do good to those. So when people start acting like, you know, they're running something over you and somebody say they're just using you, they're not just using you, God's using you. Let them say what they want. Let them do what they want. You just keep smiling and trusting God to be your defender. Could God have mercy. Notice here, in this passage, the heart is what? The, the heart is deceitful. Yeah, the, the heart is deceitful above all things. It's, this, is a, this is a real, uh, uh, a real uh, important word, de- deceitful. And I've done a study on the word deceitful. In the Hebrew, this word is active, not passive. It does not mean that your heart is deceived. But your heart deceives you. Let me say it again. In the Hebrew, this word is active, ongoing. It's not passive. It does not mean that your heart is deceived. It does not mean you're sitting here and your heart is deceived. What it implies is that your heart deceives you. 
Are you getting this? It's active. It's not passive. That means that if you don't guard yourself, you're always potentially deceived by your own heart. For the Bible says every man is right in his own eyes. And we have this propensity that when we believe we deserve something and we're not getting it, that we'll justify getting it even if it's wrong. Well, my wife don't do it. And my husband don't do it. And my wife don't say it. My husband don't say it. So it's all right to receive it from somebody else. Because I deserve this. I'm too good of a man to be at home and, and have to deal with what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. You're talking to me like that and treat me like that and folk on the job are flipping over me. I done paraded in front of you 30 times. You haven't said nothing about what I got on and I can't hardly walk into the office without the men clucking. Now don't be no fool, brother. Start telling she's pretty. See, I was doing ministerial with my wife when she walked, but I did it in the back room because she had all that color on. That's why we're going to have a short sermon. <laughs> Anybody ready to go other than me? <laughs> so it doesn't mean that your heart is deceived. In other words, I'm not saying to you sitting there that you are deceived. But your heart can deceive you. Do you all understand that? Now let's go to this and I'll close. Leviticus, we haven't been there in a long time. Most people don't even like to go to Leviticus because Leviticus shines a light on all the sin that we call okay today. Even homosexuality and bestiality. Leviticus, Leviticus deals with it. And so most preachers don't touch it because they want to be politically correct. But since God put it in the book, we're going to look at it as his children. Leviticus 19, verse 19. You shall keep my statutes. You shall not let your livestock breed with another kind. You shall not sow your field, come on, with mixed seed. Or mixed linen and wool come up. Mixed livestock is translated to us today, the three things of mixture of the mixed seed. It's talking about a ministry, Harvest Church included, a ministry that uh, uh, aligns itself with non-Christian organizations for the sake of unity. Now, they've called me. You know, they've asked me to come over the years. They haven't done the last couple years. 
maybe it's because of COVID things changed, but prior to that, you know, they would call me or send me a letter or something wanting me to come, you know, call it uh, all faiths. Well, I, I, I like to find a common ground, but, but I'm not going to sacrifice Jesus to get along with you. I'm not. And you don't really want to talk to me unless I'm willing to put him on the altar. And I'm not. You, you're wanting me to be nice in the presentation that there are a whole lot of other ways to get to God. Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, 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 is the whole gamut. And, and we're all reaching for the same God. No, we're not. My God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, there's a lot of ways to God. No, we can't. We, we, we don't fall out again. Because my Bible says there's only one way to Father God. And that is through Jesus, his son. And so if we can't get on a common ground there, we, we have no agreement. You better hear me. I'm not doing it. Now I'll lose my anointing. I'll be standing up here naked. And I don't care what you do, as long as I know he's with me, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. So the mixture of livestock is a ministry of God aligning itself with a non-Christian group. A mixture of linen and wool is a lifestyle partly scriptural and partly worldly. God, God hates mixture. Did you hear what I'm saying? That you're partly serving God and you're partly in the world too. That's a mixture. You're excited about God, you know, to this point, and after that, you don't have nothing to do with it. That's a mixture. And God hates mixture. Because anytime you have a mixture, it becomes sterile. When you have a mixture, it won't produce. It cannot produce the kind. Why? It's a mixture. You can take a donkey and a horse and they can do something and have a mule, but a mule can't have anything. It's sterile. That's why in Revelation, God says, I would that you were hot, nor cold, but you're lukewarm. You're a mixture. And I will spew you. So God is saying to you and I, you're either for me or you're against me. And you can't be for me on Sunday and not for me the rest of the week. It's a mixture. You come to church, but you're in the world. You're a mixture. And God hates a mixture. You read it in the Bible. He said, don't do it. Oh, God. I'm getting some looks, Jesus. 
Let's close it out with this. Proverbs 8, 13. Man, I, I, could, I could park my car for the rest of the two minutes and 55 seconds I have on, on Leviticus 19. In your study time, just, just read the book of Leviticus. Some of you have never read it. Mm-hmm. I encourage you to read it so you'll know when the, the, the major news networks are lying to you. Let God's word be true and every other man's word be a lie. Let's go to Proverbs 8 and let's close with this. Proverbs 8, 13. Oh, God. I don't know what you're doing today in this house, but God is trying to rescue somebody in this room. I know it like I know my name. There's somebody in this room that God is throwing a lifeline before they kill themselves. Proverbs what? The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to what? So I ask myself, do I really hate wrong? Or do I flirt with it when it's something that I like or used to like? But it got quiet on me, Jesus. What through y'all? When I said it's something I used to like, well, I'd be lying if I told you otherwise. There were some things I used to do that was wrong and sinful, but I liked it. That's why I kept going back. I, they told me it was wrong. The Bible told me it was wrong. My preacher said it was wrong, but I liked it. And I know it was wrong dri- driving there to do it. but I liked it. And when I got saved and I got born again, I didn't stop liking some things. Which became a real struggle when I got saved because I liked it. I guess it's only me, Jesus. But the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Nothing worse than being around some old arrogant person. Some prideful person. Because prideful people are always looking at an opportunity to make you feel small. Because they're really insecure themselves. And so you can do 99 things wrong, and boy, they'll get you for not dotting the I. You done, you done presented a thesis, and all they see is the T that you didn't cross. And the reason they magnified is because you didn't see it, and they did. And out of their insecurity, they have to let you know that I saw something 
you didn't see. Oh, God. Is, is this good? So we're not to be passive or neutral. It is sinful to compromise with evil. And that's what this culture, this new age system is bombarding the church with is to make us compromise under the umbrella of unity and getting along with other people. And it's never required of God for you to compromise the word of God to get along with anybody. With anybody. Are you listening to me today? Today, We're not to be passive or neutral. Well, what do you think about sin? What do you think about homosexuality? A lot of people put you in a corner. Well, I personally don't really have an opinion about homosexuality. But, but the person that I represent, he does have a position. And his position, if you get time, just go to Romans chapter 1, and you'll see the position of my company commander. And the position of my company commander is my position because I made a decision that whatever decision or position that my company commander takes, I take that same position. Yeah, yeah, I know that, but I want to know your opinion. You didn't hear me. My position, my opinion is whatever the position and the opinion is of my company commander. And whatever his position is, that's my position. So if you're mad at me, get mad at me for aligning myself with my company commander. Are you listening to me? And see, the reason they want to put you in a corner, they don't want to say they're mad at God. They're wanting to attack you. But you have to become smart when they put the microphone in front of your face and put the cameras on you, and it's live. You have to know how to defend yourself. In Christ Jesus, we don't have an opinion. Our opinion is 66 books. And if you ask me something and I can't readily give you my opinion, just call me tomorrow. Let me go home and do some study. And I'll let you know what the company commander's position is. And once I tell you the company commander's position, you automatically know that that's my position. Are you all listening to me? Does this help anybody at all? Satan, as I shared with you, Satan always comes with three objectives. Satan what? Always comes. And notice I said he always comes. Because if he hadn't come today, just brace yourself. Because he is coming. He is coming. God said he's coming. But he said, prepare yourself. Why? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He is coming. But this is how you defend yourself. This is how you protect yourself. You protect yourself. This is how you guard yourself with the word of God. But how can you guard yourself with the word of God if you don't know it? And how can you know it if you spend more time with other things than you do the Word? 
You cannot not pick your Bible up all week, every week, and be ready for an attack. I'm a military man, and many others in here. I'm a war veteran, a Vietnam veteran. You can't go to war without training. They didn't send us to Vietnam without training us and telling us what to do. And then they trained us on what to do. This is what you do if you're in a fire and you're locked in. This is what you do in this situation, in that situation. And then they put you in it. This is what you do if you get in a chemical warfare kind of thing. This is, what you, this is how you protect yourself. And they train you. And it's just training. So when the real deal happens, you know. That's why you're here today. You're getting trained. This is training. We didn't just come to dance, jump and shout and feel good. We came to get instructions from the manual so that when we come under attack, we know what to do. When our marriage come under attack, when our children come under attack, when our finances come under attack, when our health come under attack, we know what to do. We know what to say and what not to say. Why? We've been given instructions. And it takes faith in the instructions to apply it in your daily life. But if you'll apply it, you'll reap the benefit of it. Because if you be willing and obedient, God said you'll eat the good of the land. Somebody praise him this morning. Stand to your feet. I'm through for today. Come on, you can do better than that. You can do better than that. You don't fight for your marriage with tears. You don't fight for your children with tears. You don't fight for your family with a holy dance. You don't run the devil off having a pity party. You deal with the devil like your commander dealt with the devil. When the devil came to our commander, he said, it is, talk to me somebody. You take the word and you defeat him. You take the word and defeat divorce. You take the word and you defeat sickness and disease. You take the word and you run the devil off. You take the word of God. And it has to be more than on your counter or on your dashboard. The word has to be in your heart and in your mouth. And whatever you say, God says you'll have it. I'm healed and not sick. I'm blessed and not cursed. I'm on top and not defeated. My marriage is good and it's getting better and better. My family is blessed. My family is not cursed. 
and everybody on the outside of safety is coming in in the name of Jesus. The Holy Ghost is arresting my daughter. The Holy Ghost is arresting my son. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Come on, bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Point to your robe and say, I command everybody on my robe to be blessed in the name of Jesus. happen to you. Something good. Something good. Something good. If you're old, God's promised you long, satisfied life. You're guaranteed 120 years if you want it. You're guaranteed 120 years if you want it, mother. I'm gonna see my grandchildren. I'm gonna see my great-grandchildren. I'm gonna hold my great-great-grandchildren. Are you listening to me? You can have what you say. I'm not gonna die of old age. I'm gonna die when I'm through, when I'm finished doing what God called me to do. Then I'll go home. go home. Then I'll go home. Glory to God. Then I'll go home. I looked in the mirror this morning and I'm getting younger and younger. Amen. I don't care what you say. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This here. Yeah. Every family don't have this confession. Lift your hand real quick. You, we're going to know you wasn't here Wednesday, but that's all right. Be here next Wednesday. But, but I want every family, every, one to every family. We got ushers who, who move fast. We got fast ushers here. They don't walk slow like they don't know where they're going. Yeah, what, what you, yeah just lift your hand real quick because we're going to do this. We're going to do this now. And if God has placed upon your heart to be a member of Harvest Church, this is the best day to join. Glory to God. I'm honored to be your pastor, but we're going to do this right now. Amen. Though here at Wednesday, I know you got yours with you. Ready? Let's, oh my, we got two minutes, 51. Come on now. Let's go. Let's go. Today, I boldly confess that I am of God. I'm born of the Spirit of God and filled with the Spirit of God. I am full of the Word of God. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I have been delivered from the powers of darkness and have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. I am in the light. 
I am a child of the light. I do not walk in darkness. I do not walk in darkness, but I walk in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. I boldly confess that I will not be deceived and that I will quickly recognize the ministers of Satan. I boldly confess that not only will I not be deceived, but I will deliver those who are being deceived. I boldly confess that I will be a pillar at Harvest Church. I will be strong in the body of believers where I attend regularly. I boldly declare that I will be strengthened or I will be strength to my pastor and his wife and family and to the leaders of Harvest Church and the branch ministries. Satan will have no place, no place, no place, no place. I'll walk in forgiveness. I don't have unforgiveness in my heart. I give Satan no place, no place in my life. My children will not be deceived. My mate, my husband, my wife-to-be, my husband-to-be will not be deceived. We will be strong in these last days, and we will be a credit to the gospel. When the final day comes and the Lord calls us home, he will be able to say, to me, to me, to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Give him praise. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.